Okay, so we've talked a lot about what is being done to mitigate the spread of COVID-19. Social distancing and self-isolation to flatten the curve. Testing to understand more about the disease and the way it spreads. But where are we in terms of fighting the disease with a vaccine? Vaccination is one of the most effective ways to prevent diseases by helping the body's immune system recognize and fight pathogens like coronavirus and help keep us safe from the diseases they cause. Scientists around the world are racing to develop a vaccine for the novel coronavirus. According to the WHO, there are currently 70 coronavirus vaccines in development globally, with three candidates already being tested in human trials. The drug industry is rushing to get a vaccine to the market, hopefully within the next year or year and a half. That's pretty fast. I know it may sound like a long ways out because we've all been cooped up for months now, but typically a vaccine takes about 10 to 15 years to go to market. Vaccine testing typically begins with animal testing, but we know that at least one vaccine developer has skipped this step and moved straight to human testing, and others have done parallel human and animal testing. On March 16th, 44-year-old Seattle resident Jennifer Haller became the first person to be injected with a potential vaccine. So human testing is usually broken down into three phases. Phase one, like the phase Haller took part in, is small scale, usually involving 100 participants or so. It assesses whether the vaccine is safe for humans. Phase two typically involves a few hundred more subjects and mainly evaluates the efficacy of the vaccine against the disease. Now, this phase can last several months to several years. Finally, phase three tests on a larger scale of several thousand across medical facilities to further assess the vaccine's efficacy over a defined period of time. This phase is the one that usually lasts several years. Currently, the furthest along in a clinical process is an experimental vaccine developed by a Hong Kong bio company, which is currently in phase two. So laboratories, private companies, and governments are racing in a coordinated effort to expedite the otherwise lengthy process to get a vaccine developed, tested, and on the market. So how are these potential vaccines being developed? Well, thanks to Chinese scientists, we already understand the genome sequencing of the new coronavirus, which shares 79% of the same genetic material as SARS and 50% of the same material as MERS. That already gives scientists something to work with. And as we learned in yesterday's episode, blood tests are also providing some valuable insight into understanding COVID-19 and how we can fight it. And as Christina recently found out, such is the hope in the curious case of Jerry and Carl Goldman. I'm negative after 29 days of being positive, so I'm totally fine. That was three weeks ago, and now I'm so glad to be back in Santa Clarita. It's been a long road for Santa Clarita couple Jerry and Carl Goldman. It was a crazy time. It was very surreal. It's like, you know, watching a movie, but you were in the middle of it. Carl contracted COVID-19 after being aboard the Diamond Princess in January. He quarantined for 40 days, mostly at a Nebraska hospital. The biocontainment unit was like a scene out of the Andromeda strain. No one could walk in without a hazmat suit. Jerry never got sick. I was negative the whole time. The question is how. Even after quarantining with her husband on the ship in close quarters, Monday morning, nurses from Providence Medical Center took blood samples to find answers. I'm O positive, so they're going to test my blood to see did I ever have it, which I don't think I did, or is it because I'm O positive and that's why I don't have it, never had it, and will not get it. There are possibilities that maybe her receptor is a little different and the virus couldn't bind to it. It's possible she had 
pre-existing immunity because she had been exposed to similar or related coronavirus in the past. Researchers at the Providence Cancer Institute in Oregon say these blood samples could be helpful in developing a vaccine that they're set to start trial with in early May. So we're going to study what types of antibodies they made, what parts of the virus they bind to. When I was in Nebraska, I took a clinical study, which I'm still part of, so they were taking additional tests, taking lots of blood there. They were uh, testing the air to see how the virus might travel. Carl and Jerry have had a sense of humor through all of it and see the positive, like how they now hope to help others. As Jerry and I look at it now, we look at it as a gift. And as a kid all the time, I missed cleaning up the dog poop. <laughs> the Goldmans expect preliminary data from those test results in about two weeks, and they said they will share them with us, which we will relay to you. Christina also spoke with Dr. Bernard Fox of Providence Cancer Institute about what all this means. There's so many things I want to ask you. Let's start with Jerry. Uh, she thinks and she mentioned that she believes her blood type of O positive could hold answers. That's one of many factors you might consider when analyzing their blood. Yes, yes, that's certainly true. And, and, and we don't know um, exactly um, whether or not that has an impact. Uh, some have suggested that might be the case. But as we uh, characterize a larger cohort of, of people that have had the, the disease or, and patients who have not, um, we'll look to see if blood type is one of those factors that's playing a role. And it's so interesting having Carl and Jerry side by side because, you know, she wasn't impacted at all. Seemingly, you'll find out for sure when you analyze their samples. But then you have Carl who couldn't get rid of the virus. He was one of the longest quarantine Americans, if not the longest. Why would it be so hard for his body to get rid of it? What, what are the possibilities? Those are some of the great questions that we're trying to investigate. Now, one of those has to do with the body's immune response to the virus, um, and especially if the virus, if the immune response is is keeping the virus in check, so that it, the person is staying relatively healthy, is not sick, but somehow the virus is still being shed by that person. So we we think uh, we're not we're not sure, but one of the possibilities is that the antibody binds to the virus but doesn't completely result in the virus being destroyed by the immune system. And so um, it's, it's also possible that the virus that he was shedding, and some people have reported this, if they, haven't, if they have the antibody that your immune system makes and it's bound to the virus, that that virus can't, even if it's shed, can't infect anybody. But that's been really not studied very well, and we need to figure that out. So we're, we're not sure. We do not believe it's because the virus mutates that much and that an, an antibody that could bind to the, the, the spike, the part of the virus that allows it to get into your cells. We, we think that if you've got something like an antibody, which is like a guided missile that your immune system makes that can target the virus, um, it, it, it binds to the virus and targets it, and then it, that enables the other parts of the immune system to destroy the virus. So we don't know if the type of, of guided missile that, that, that Carl made initially, maybe it wasn't a really good destructive missile, right? Maybe it just bound to it, but wasn't allowing it to be destroyed and, 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 and somehow was allowing it to survive. Mm -hmm. And it took longer for, for Carl to make the right type of immune response that was really destructive. And that's a hypothesis. I don't know if that's the case, but we're going to look for those, those different types of antibodies in Carl's blood when we, we study it. So how could their blood samples potentially help with a vaccine? 
So that's a great question again. And, and so as, as we develop this vaccine, um, we're going we're gonna to vaccinate normal volunteers and we're going to study really carefully all the aspects of their immune response to the vaccine. But we don't, we haven't studied so many patients that are out as far as Carl is to see what type of immune response they've had that's allowed them to destroy or eliminate the virus from their body. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to be looking for is we're going to be looking at the type of immune response that the patients, the, the normal volunteers we vaccinate, what it looks like and see if, it, if it's close to what Carl made, the type of immune response that Carl made. So that will help us understand if, if we see a, a strong immune response that resembles the same type of response that Carl had, we might think that that's a good um, uh, prognostic indicator uh, for the vaccine. What do you think, what, looking at you know Carl's case, what do you think the chances are that he could get reinfected? That's, that's a good question. We don't know. I mean, those are big, big questions that we don't know about this, this disease. And that's another reason why I think so many people are interested in a vaccine, because you may need to get boosters. Um, that, that Just like you need a tetanus booster every five or ten years, or they suggest you get one, it's just to make sure your, your immune response is strong. So uh, I, we don't know. Um, I, I, you know, my just full disclosure, my conflict of interest, you know, I, I'm also involved in a biotech that is a vaccine company um, on on the cancer side. But I think uh, it's not just myself that think that you're probably going to, one of the possibilities is we're going to need to have vaccines to boost the immune response of patients. We don't know that to be the case, but we should be prepared and thinking about it in case that happens to be the case so that we're not caught off guard. And last question, because earlier you, you really laid it out in such an easy to understand way um, when we were talking about what was going to happen with Carl and Jerry's blood. And you described the two tubes and what each tube will do. So in layman's terms, the, the, the one tube where we get the serum from the, from the patient's blood, that will tell us if he's got um, these little guided missiles or bullets that his immune system makes that can bind to the virus and destroy it. Mm-hmm. The other one will tell us whether or not he's got these little viral killer cells that can go around and, and, and go up and, and see a, a cell that's got virus in it and kill that cell and kill the virus so that it eliminates the virus. So we're going to look for those kind of cells. So uh, do they have viral killer cells? Do they have antibodies? Those are the two main things we're going to be looking for. Got it. Thank you. And final question coming from someone on um, social media responding to this story. And they said, you know, this is an example of how some people get it and some people have symptoms, some people don't. Everyone gets a different variation of, of sickness or different symptoms. What's the explanation that we know for that? I know we're still discovering, but as far as what we do know. So, so th- there's, there's possibilities that people could have immunity that's related to a, a, a related, uh, a, a similar coronavirus. So there was a report in the journal Science two weeks ago that showed that um, an antibody against the original SARS virus was cross-reacting and able to bind at a, at a low level the the new virus, the new SARS-CoV-2, or the, the one that causes COVID-19. So it could be something like that. It could also be that somebody has had another type of infection and has their immune system revved up this other type, the other part of the immune system, and I haven't talked about this, but this is our our, our more natural immunity um, that's present um, be, without having to be uh, be trained or educated. And so that natural immunity are things like these natural killer cells and other cells in our body 
which which don't need um, seven to ten days to get turned on and activated, but they're activated immediately. And and it could be that 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 Jerry um, had more of that natural immunity, or she'd been exposed to some other virus that was somewhat similar to the COVID nineteen. So those are those are some of the, the the questions that scientists around the globe are currently studying. Thank you, Doctor. I so appreciate your time. We'll have more Coronavirus Daily for you right here tomorrow. Leave us a rating and a review wherever you get this podcast. And don't forget to subscribe. Christina and I also really appreciate those of you who have shared this podcast and helped spread the word. If you'd like to get in touch with us, find us on Instagram and Twitter at KTLA Podcasts or find Christina on Twitter at Christina KTLA at Christina Pascucci on Instagram. For the very latest coronavirus headlines anytime, visit KTLA.com or check the free KTLA News app. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.